Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today is Sunday, and you know what that means. It's time for our Sunday benediction, where we take a second look at the readings that we've walked through throughout the week. So if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to our Old Testament reading, our epistle reading, and our gospel reading, and some thoughts that we had on that, I encourage you to do that. And now we're going to talk a little bit about what this might speak to us as we step into this week. This Sunday is a special day in the church calendar. It is the last week of the church year. Many of us might feel ready to just call it quits on this year, (laughs) ready for it to be over. And for those and for us, it's appropriate to go ahead and make that declaration. Okay, it's over. (laughs) A new church year begins at the season of Advent, which actually begins next Sunday. It's then followed by the season of Christmas, which is 12 days. That's the celebration of God with us. We rest into Christmas, the reality of Christmas. Then there's Epiphany for a while, the revelation of God to outsiders. Then Lent for four weeks, which is a season of repentance. It's like a spring cleaning for the soul. Then Easter, which is a season of resurrection. Then Ascension Sunday and Pentecost, where we hear about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And then the long stretch of what we call ordinary time, which we are just now coming through. The Feast of Christ the King was first established in the Roman Catholic Church in 1925, and then it was adopted by Protestant communities who followed the church calendar and observed the lectionary. This means it's a pretty late addition to the church calendar. You know, most of the time I spend my time telling people that uh, we celebrate this ancient church calendar and this ancient tradition. Well, the complete truth is not all of it is ancient. It's established over time as new rhythms are developed. Most of our feast days, however, were instituted centuries before this. This is a recent addition to this. Think about 1925. At this time, it was an interesting place. Mussolini was in the middle of his reign in Italy. A young Adolf Hitler was causing a stir with his recently released Mein Kampf. And the world was experiencing the first stirrings of a Great Depression. It is in such a world that the church declared the need to end the year remembering Jesus Christ is Lord. There are no lords above him. The great contemporary theologian, who is also known as the cussing theologian, Stanley Hauerwas, is quoted as saying, Jesus is Lord and everything else is bull. And I don't want an explicit rating on my lectionary-based podcast, so we'll just leave it at that. Jesus is Lord, and everything else is bull. All of our passages today speak of Christ's kingship. To declare that Christ is king is to declare that the world is under a different kind of rule and reign than anything else we have ever seen or experienced. The reign of God looks more like a shepherd boy than a prototypical warrior. It looks like resurrection power, virtue, compassion, humility, not imperial power, domination, oppression, and manipulation. And where does this kingdom live? Where does the king reside? In the least of these, in the midst of human need. If we really believe that this is where God lives, it will change the way we see our lives. 
the lives of our neighbors, and indeed the world. We might ask, where are the places of greatest need? Our Old Testament reading, Ezekiel 34, 11 through 16, and 20 through 24, reflects a time when God's people were scattered due to poor leadership of self-absorbed leaders. These leaders wanted what they could get from the people, but did not actually desire the flourishing of all the people. We can't help today but acknowledge the poor leadership and the systemic brokenness of our world and our leaders in government, corporations, and in the church. And the last one is the most aggravating (laughs) because it is many who claim to follow the good shepherd who have caused such harm in people's lives. The good news is that those who are hurt scattered and confused, are not left without a shepherd. We might think about those who have found themselves for one reason or another apart from the family of God. Many of us, as we call this the Resurrection People podcast, I assume that you have some connection to the church and to Jesus as you listen to this, but many of us have seen our loved ones and friends, those who used to sit next to us in church, we've seen them leave the faith. Too often, these dear ones have been hurt by their leaders because there's such things as false shepherds, and all leaders are flawed shepherds. The good news we hear from the prophet is that where the false or flawed shepherds have failed, the good shepherd will gather, nurture, and bind their wounds. In our epistle reading, Ephesians 1, 15-23, Paul gives thanks for the congregation at Ephesus, praying for them. His pastoral tone reflects a nurturing leader who cares for the flock. He points them to an inheritance, a world put right by the one true judge. Paul reflects on God's power, which is not a dominating coercive power, but resurrection power, the power that brings to life. There is no power that is greater than God's power. But this is not a way of saying that God's power is just a more dominant form of earthly power. No, Paul is describing something altogether different. This is the creating, loving, nurturing power of God, which raised Christ from the dead. It is God who is love, who has all things under his feet. Jesus's parable in our gospel reading often disturbs us. The separating of sheep and goats The gospel reading is Matthew 25, 31 through 46, by the way. The separating of sheep and goats, the promise that some will inherit the kingdom while others are led to eternal punishment, that can be really scary. Additionally, the connection of the inheritance to good works, real, tangible acts of kindness towards those in need, is something which many of us, especially those in Protestant traditions, protest (laughs) Well, such parables are supposed to make us kind of shift in our seats, to stand alert, to wake up from the snoozing that often characterizes our lives. Because of this, there are, by definition, no easy explanation for these parables. Still, we have to remember a few things. First of all, judgment is a good thing. We all long for justice, for the world to be made right. And in order for that to happen, judgment The revealing of things for what they are is necessary. We need a good, true, and loving shepherd to do just that to and for the world. Second, this parable is not about keeping a moral scorecard. In the story, it is only the goats who keep track of what they've done and not done. 
Rather than a tally of who has done what for whom, this parable is about living a life open to God's grace, which will always change us and point us toward the other. Third, physical things really matter. This means that our physical needs and our neighbor's physical needs matter in the kingdom of God. They are not an add-on, an extra, or a good idea to take care of. God lives in the midst of human need, and that is where Christians live as well. Archbishop Rowan Williams writes, Christians will be found in the neighborhood of Jesus, but Jesus is found in the neighborhood of human confusion and suffering, defenselessly alongside those in need. If being baptized is being led to where Jesus is, then being baptized is being led towards the chaos and the neediness of a humanity that has forgotten its own destiny. He continues, so baptism means being with Jesus in the depths, the depths of human need, including the depths of our own selves in their need, but also in the depths of God's love, in the depths where the Spirit is recreating and refreshing human life as God meant it to be. I hope that we hear this today. Christ the King, the great shepherd of the sheep, is with you today at the point of your need, your messiness, your weakness, your doubt. And if that's true for us, it's also true for coworkers, neighbors, the homeless, the refugee, the prisoner, and those suffering with illness today. May we be a people shaped by the joy of God's kingdom, not counting our own good works, but embodying the abundance of God's love. May we know this different kind of power, and may we know God's presence at the point of our need. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.